Hi, my name is Mike Herbster. I'm privileged to be the director of Southland Christian Camp Ministries. For over 25 years, Southland has centered itself around the ministry of preaching. We believe that God uses the foolishness of preaching to convict hearts and transform lives. Our prayer is that today's sermon would push you to become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you listen, would you carefully evaluate your life in light of God's Word and take the appropriate action to grow in your walk with Him? We hope that you will enjoy today's message. What a heart. He learned to be content. He learned to be controlled. But would you write this down? David learned to be committed. Committed. Everybody in this passage of Scripture, look at verse number 16, if you would, please. Verse number 16, look what it says here. It says, For our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is, watch the wording here, a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit of God is upon thee, and he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. David, we find out here, is a cunning player on a harp. See, understand, teenager, it takes commitment to be a cunning player on a harp. A harp is a difficult instrument to master with all of its strings and its different sounds. Cunning, listen very carefully, in our English language means this. Knowing, skillful, experienced, well instructed. It is applied to all kinds of knowledge, but generally and appropriately to the skill and the knowledge, watch the wording, acquired by experience. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 14. But strong meat belongeth to them which are full of age, even those who by the reason of their have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. David was cunning on the heart. Why? Because he was committed. You only gain experience by doing. Sitters never gain experience. I mean, teenager, as they went out on the battlefield, remember, over here we have the Philistines, the bad, the lost. Over here we have David representing the saved. But l let me just fill you on a little secret here. There really was, listen now, teenager, there really was a third group that was out there. There really was a third group that was out there on the battlefield. Do you know who it was? The Israelites. Well, I thought David was with the Israelites. Yeah, he was. But you know what the Israelites represent? Those who sat on the sidelines and let somebody else do it. David said, hey, you know what? I'm looking at this giant, this Goliath, and he's standing up there and he said, hey, I'm cursing your God. Send down somebody and come out and fight me. And here's all the Christians on the other side. Mm -mm, not me. No way, good night. There's got to be somebody else that can go out there and do this. There is no way I'm going out there. I mean, have you, seen the, have you seen the size of this guy? Have you seen how big his spear is? 
There's got to be somebody over there that, that can do it better than I can. I mean, I'll be honest, Brother Shepherd. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on that side, but I, I am not getting in that battle. In fact, there are a lot of teenagers today that are using wording like this. You ready for this? It's not my fight. Baloney is not your fight. It is your fight. If our God's being mocked and our God's being cursed and nobody's standing up, then who's going to stand up? It just happened to be that day, this little ruddy kid that happened to be pretty good look at, but he's young and he's just a shepherd. And he was the one that said, you know what? I'm going to stand up and make this statement. Is there not a cause? Is there nobody to stand up to this guy? Is there nobody that's going to fight? Understand, he was committed. He was experienced. He put his hand to the plow and he never looked back. And teenager tonight, what we need is some committed teenagers who will get their face out of Facebook and get their face in the book that'll get off social media for a little while and dig into God's word who will stop saying, you know what, I'm just too busy. I got too much going on. No, we need some teenagers that not just for seven days at a camp, but I'm talking about all year long, be committed to God's word. Because there's a bunch of Israelites on that side that were a bunch of wimps, man. They were over there, you know what? We'll let somebody else do it. David walks on the scene. They probably, girls, they probably begin to laugh at him. Didn't bother David. You know why? David was committed. Let me ask you something, Tyler. Are you committed? What is this? Does this mean that these decisions last what? A week? Is that it? Is that all, what, is that all you got? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I must have been confused. I thought you raised your hand and said, I want to be used of God. Teenager, a teenager that's really wanting to be used of God's got to be committed. It takes experience. You know what that means? It doesn't come, listen guys, it doesn't take just, just one little, I don't know, just one little decision one night. No, listen man, it's going to take a lot more than that. It's going to take some of you guys standing up in a week, two weeks, three weeks from now. When your friends want to go indulge in what you used to indulge in, it's going to take some commitment to say, uh, no. Hey, teenager, you can say amen. Does this make sense? Yeah, it does. You know it does. It's going to take somebody that's praying for each other saying, you know what? We're going to pray for each other. We're in this thing together. That no matter what comes, we've got to be committed. Would to God, teenager, we'd have some teenagers that would commit some time to the Word of God. Oh, sure, we can commit plenty of time to, uh, uh, to, to wrestling. We commit to plenty of time. To, how many times can we serve a tennis ball? How many times can we hit the old uh, golf course? Oh, yeah, sure, we can commit plenty of time to cheerleading, and plenty of time to homework, and oh, sure, we can commit plenty of time to lifting weights and football and basketball and getting that free throw just right. But would to God we'd have some teenagers that would commit themselves to saying, I don't care what comes. I 
I don't care what's going on. I don't care how busy I get. I'm going to be in the word of God. I'm going to stick to the decisions that I made this week. I want to be used of God in such a way that I'm not one of these teenagers that next year at this very time is saying, man, I let a whole year go by and I messed up the very next week and I called it quits. So I guess once again, I'll make the same commitment I made last year and the year before and the year before. No teenager. What we need tonight is teenagers that'll say, I'm going all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. Going all in. Oh, David, yes, he was content. He was controlled. He was committed. But watch, we're going to finish. But don't put your Bibles away. David learned to be, <clears throat> excuse me, courageous. Courageous. Look at verse number 18, if you would, with me. <clears throat> excuse me, I might lose my voice. Don't panic. It's going to be okay. Verse number 18. Look what the Word of God says, and I love, I love this passage. Look what it says. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse of Bethlehem. Look, look what it says here. <laughs> that is cunning and playing and a mighty valiant man, a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. The psalmist penned these words, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth, teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. You'll never be the man. You'll never be the lady after God's own heart until you are willing to fight for the right causes and pay the price of war. Teenager, Christianity is not a joke. It's not a game that you can pick up and quit whenever you want to. No, you and I are engaged in war. And what you and I need today are soldiers to say, I just want to be used and then be courageous. Teenager, quit. Are you listening and watch? Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Stop living your life as if, hey, I just got to coast through. No, a courageous teen knows who the fight is with. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 26 says that David could have switched sides, but he didn't. David, listen now, teenager, always fought the right enemy. Did you know in David's life that David never fought God's people? In fact, it's recorded, and we don't have time tonight, in 1 Samuel 29, 9, where David absolutely could have fought God's people, but he didn't. And there's a lesson to be learned from David. Our fight is not with one another. Our fight is not with somebody else on the other side of this, of this room. Yeah, sure, we can have fun, the green team versus the blue team. Hey, sure, we can have fun out there on the ball field. Yeah, we can be competitive. But let me tell you something, teenager. We come in this room, you and I are fighting each other. You and I are a team. You and I are family. You and I come together for the cause of Christ. You and I have been given the great commission. And this will never be accomplished unless you and I come together as teenagers and start fighting this battle together. Teacher, I'm going to be super square with you. 
In my age, there is nothing that is more frustrating. Listen now, teenager. There is nothing more frustrating than Christians fighting other Christians over the most silly, idiotic things. We're not talking about theology. We're not talking about doctrine. We're not talking about eternal security. I'm talking like silly things. I don't like the way they did this. I don't like the way they decorated this. I'm like, excuse me, who cares? People are dying and going to hell. Teacher, if there's one thing you can do that you can change that will make a definite change, listen, teenager, in this world, it's this. Come together for the cause of Christ. It's not a Twitter battle. It's not a this person versus that person, this church versus that church. No, you and I are all on the same team. You've got to be courageous and start standing up for what's right. You say, then Brother Shepherd, who is our fight against? Our fight is against the devil and his work. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Oh, teenager, do you mean that? Hey, whoa, 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 look. Our fight's not with each other. You know our fight is against? The devil. Satan. Well, I don't know. Satan's just not all that big and... I don't know, I never seen him or heard from him, or you know. Ah, they said the devil's not all, you know, he's not all what he's cracked up to be. You the Bible records about Satan. You ready for this? The Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. First Peter 5 8, your adversary, the devil. Zechariah 3.1, Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Luke 22, 3, uh, 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 22 verse number 31, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Matthew 13.39, the enemy. John 8.44, he was a murderer from the beginning. Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 6.11, the wiles of the devil. James 4.7, resist the devil. 1 John 3.8, the devil sinneth from the beginning, the works of the devil. Zechariah 3.1, Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Understand tonight, teenager, Satan Satan is out to destroy. Satan, listen to me, hates everything about you. Everything about this week disgusts him. Everything about you coming forward or you in the Bible on a, a this morning and God and I time, you getting up and coming in here. Do you understand this, guys? Listen, girls, Satan hates that. And he hates you. And he hates you. I didn't say he dislikes you. No, you disgust him as a Christian. He wants to sift you as sweet. You know what that means? Oftentimes we think that means destroy. Yes, that's his ultimate goal. But to sift as sweet means this. He wants to separate you from the pack so he can destroy you. We're strong together. You're weak alone. There are some who stand up, and I'm just not that preacher, and I never will be. There's some that stand up and mock Satan. I never do that. Hey, today, get in that old pulpit and twist the devil's whiskers. I mean, that's not me. I'm here to tell you, bring it on, Satan. I'll take you on today. Do you know who you're messing with? He's powerful. He will destroy you. 
I'm here to tell you, I know who my God is. I'm telling you, I'll take on Satan any old day. Hey, Satan, my family's open season. Come on, bubs, bring it on. That's foolish talk. He wants you so bad, teenager. Your youth pastors and pastors in here and this guy right here, you know what? We're middle-aged and some of us in the third quarter of our life, we're not near as important as you are because he knows you're young. He knows you'll turn your youth group upside down. He knows with just a spark when you get home, uh, your public school can be changed. Your friends can get saved. Uh, there are older people and younger people and kids uh, that can come to know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as their personal Savior just from you going home with the right type of godly attitude. He hates everything about you. Everything about this week, Satan hates. But teenager, there's some of you that will get home on Saturday night, and it breaks my heart to say this. And you'll dive right back into the devil's game. Did you notice I didn't say Monday, I said Saturday when you get home. You'll jump right back on your PS4, your Xbox, and you'll start playing that violent game that cusses and takes the Lord's name in vain. You'll get back in your little game mode and you'll start building your worlds. And that magic and that black, dark world will start to overtake you once again. You'll get home and you'll jump right back into your movies that you love so much. It's gory and filth and wicked and dark. Tinger, I'll be honest. You listen, I want everybody looking up here. I'm not going to go on. You got to look up here. I don't want your head down. You look up here right now. Watch. I'm not being mean. I love you. I wouldn't preach this if I didn't love you. Look up here. Watch. I cannot even begin to describe how dark movies are nowadays. You know what the sad thing is? Christian teenagers love them. Why? Explain. How? How do we like movies like Insidious? Going to another world and it's dark, it's scary, and it's gory. How come they could come out with what a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh movie of Saul? You know why? Because it's popular. People playing games and being sawed up and, and chopped up and in pain and screaming from the gore. And people pay 12, 13, 14 bucks, sometimes 17 bucks to sit in an IMAX theater to watch that filth. Why are movies recreated like the movie It of this clown that goes around and is a pedophile and filthy and disgusting and preys on little kids under drains and what, oh, we like to be scared? Oh, we like it because somebody dies? It's blood, it's gore? Don't you tell me you want to be used of God and that's what you're filling your mind with. 
Don't you raise your hand. Hey, God, here I am. Just use me. And that's the stuff you're watching at home alone. Don't you tell me I want to be used of God when you spend 13, 14 hours a week binging on Netflix with stuff that has nudity and sex scenes and cursing and filth on it. Don't you dare raise your hand. God knows your heart. How come you and I can sit back and say, oh yeah, God, I, I want to I be used. No, you don't realize Satan's really in that stuff. How many just by raise hand don't be embarrassed? How many know who Sasha Fierce is? Would you raise your hand? Just raise your hand. Okay, let me fill you in. You know who Sasha Fierce is? The name just went out in the spiritual world. Sasha Fierce is the demon that fills Beyonce every time she gets on the stage. Openly. Beyonce said, I have something that overtakes me. And the video footage is there where her eyes roll back in her head and something pops out here and it's a demon that gets inside of Beyonce. Beyonce has said, and I quote, I don't know what overcomes me, but it feels really good. You know what it is? It's satanic. Oh, that doesn't affect me. I can listen whenever I want to. That's baloney, man. You put those earbuds in your ear and you start listening to that garbage. It's affecting your life, whether you admit it or not. It's affecting you. Read a book just recently, true story, true account. It's called The Three Heavens. Lady who's in her house. Here's a knock, true story, at the door. Walks over to the door, opens it, no one's there. Shuts the door. Goes to walk away, and when she's halfway down the hall, the door slams open. She said when she turned around, there's a dark shadow coming so fast, she didn't even have time to scream, and it hit her. And for two years, this lady said she had something living inside of her that she could not control her life. Ended up in divorce, bankruptcy, kids crying. What happened to mom? What happened to my wife? Oh, what happened? It wasn't until a pastor came and knocked on her door and sat down with her and opened up the word of God. And as soon as the word of God was open and he began to read in John chapter three in verse number 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus Christ? And as Jesus Christ's name was mentioned, this lady began to contort and her body began to go crazy and she began to scream and a dark voice began to come out and it sounded like a deep man's voice and she began to roll around and the preacher knew what was going on so he continued to read for God had sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed is the name of the only begotten son. And at that moment, boom, the lady was okay. Wow, that'd make a good movie. No, that's real life. And if you're not careful, that's the same junk that you're inviting into your life. Well, I thought that Christians couldn't be controlled by demons. Let me tell you, you get so caught up in this stuff that you just think you can do whatever you want to. 
why don't you just put down that trash? No, I said, why don't you just stop it? God, give us some teenagers that say tonight, you know what, I'm done with that darkness. I'm done with that foolishness. Because teenager, I don't care how many times you raise your hand. I don't care how many times you hit this altar. I don't care how many times you say, I'm done. I want to quit until you really get your heart right with God and say, I'm not returning to it. I'm done. God, here it is. Lord, help me to keep this commitment. Until you do that, you're playing. And what you're playing around with, you listening? You lose. No, no, no. Game over. I wonder who's going to be the first one tonight. It's going to say, I'll be courageous. I wonder who's the first one I'd say, man, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm really scared. Brother Shepherd, I, I don't really know what to say. Teenager, neither do I. Brother Shepherd, I, 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 I well, I, I thought you were the speaker. You've you got to tell us what to do. I don't know. But I know somebody who does. <laughs> Here's what makes the devil tremble. You ready? The Bible says. <laughs> These things have I spoken unto you that ye might have peace. Ooh, ooh. Oh, me, peace, yes. That, that's what I want, peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. <laughs> Be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> Year of God, little children. And have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Lord knows my heart that it breaks. As some teenagers who are hearing it, but they won't act. They won't surrender. They've heard it. They just keep saying no. I wonder how many are going to spend eternity in hell 
because they just won't take this first step. How many lives are going to be lost because I'll do it my way? And they missed out. They missed out. Teenager, where is your heart tonight? Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. May the message you've just heard be truth that transforms your heart and life. Christ loves you and wants you to grow in his grace through salvation and sanctification. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, we'd love to talk to you personally. Please give us a call at 318-894-9154 or shoot me an email at mherpster at southlandcamp.org. Christ has promised eternal life and a life worth living if you will only believe in Him. May the Lord bless you in your pursuit of Christ-like living. Tune in next time right here for another message on the Southland Podcast.